Rock Church, how's everybody doing today? You guys good? Good to see you. So glad you're with us. It's good to worship Jesus, isn't it? Good, to, good just to acknowledge him and to lift up his name uh, because his name changes everything. Anybody agree with me on that? The name changes everything. So cool. So, hey, if you're new with us, man, I want to welcome you here and it might be your first time ever coming to The Rock. And if that's the case, thank you uh, for just being with us. Hopefully you stopped by the, the New Here tent on your way in. If you didn't on your way out, maybe stop by the New Here tent or go to the Connect Corner or just use that QR code uh, that's right there in front of you on your chair. I would love to connect with you that way. If you're new with us online, then you can connect with the host and they would love uh, just to introduce themselves to you as well. All right, now, as we get ready to go into the day uh, from a message standpoint, there's just a couple things I want to kind of celebrate uh, as we begin. And, and one is, I know we've got a bunch of people who have graduated this year, all right? Uh, between this campus, our inner campus, uh, our coastal campus. So I don't typically like to do this, so I might embarrass you. If I do, I apologize right now, I'll just tell you that. But if you happen to have graduated from high school or college this year, would you do me a favor and just stand up wherever you're at? Is there anybody in the room that, that did that? Oh, hey! Congratulations, congratulations. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Very well. So, so proud of you guys. Um, I saw some high school graduates there. I saw some college graduates. And, and uh, we just love seeing that and seeing what God is doing and, and just seeing you, do, you uh, transition to your next phase, all right? And whatever that is, it might be going on to college, might be jumping into the workforce, whatever it is. Uh, my prayer is that you do it as a follower of Christ, all right? And, and we'll talk about that in a second, but, but there's another phase that is jumping onto, and some of you parents aren't ready for this, that your fifth grader is moving on to middle school, okay? And that might be a tough phase, or some of you middle school, Schoolers are moving on to high school, okay? Again, that might be a, a tough phase for some of you. Out in the lobby, we're kind of having a, a signing day where we're just acknowledging that. Uh, so if you have a child that is graduating either to middle school or to high school, uh, make sure you stop by in the lobby because we'd love to connect with them and help them transition on to the next ministry. And we want them to do that as a follower of Christ. And that's really what we're talking about today, is what does it look like to follow Jesus? This whole series that we're doing is born out of a quest book. The quest book is a book we've been reading all through January. So if you're new with us, don't worry, you won't be lost. I'll catch you up to speed. But if you want a book, you can stop by the Connect Corner and grab one and then just jump in with where we're at today. But for the next three weeks, we're going to really hit the idea of what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? How do I go on a quest to follow Jesus? And, and as people, we follow a lot of different things. Like, like we're all, we all naturally follow things. Uh, for some of you, you followed the, the Johnny Depp trial, right? 
Like, like some of you were followers of that. No joke. I came into the office on Thursday afternoon. I saw about 10 this-gen staff. I think you were one of them huddled around a computer staring at a screen. And they're like, Josh, you got to stop. You got to watch the Johnny Depp trial with us. They're giving the verdict. I was like, nope. I did that in my day. It was called the OJ Simpson trial. Okay. So, so it's just one in the same, right? You know what I mean? Like, like, like we do that, we follow things. Like, like some of us like to follow the weather, right? And, and especially this time of year, because hurricane season has officially started, we don't just follow the weather, we follow Ed. Who follows Ed in the room? All right, several of y'all are big Ed fans. If you're new to the area, come see me in the lobby. You need to follow Ed. He'll let you know what's going on with all the hurricanes, okay? But, but, but we become followers. We, we follow sports teams, right? Like, like some of you follow good sports teams, and some of you follow the Dallas Cowboys, okay? <laughs> I figured you'd like that one, Stephen, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we have sports teams we follow, and, and it costs. It costs to follow a sports team. It might cost money. It might cost time. It might cost heartache, all right? Gamecock fans, you understand what I'm talking about right now. That, careful, careful. Anyway, but, but you get it. Like, we follow. Or how about this? Think about your social media feeds, well, like chances are you have like a number one social media feed that you follow. You know, it might be Facebook, it might be Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, whatever it might be. Inside of that, you have people you follow. Why do you follow them? Have you, have you thought about that? Like you'll follow people or you'll follow groups or you'll follow an organization or you'll follow a thing. Why? Uh, do, do you follow sometimes just because like, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll just be a fan and, and I'll just follow, okay? And, and I'll just like, well, let's just see what they have to say, right? And, and we hit it and you don't even think about it. You just do it. Um, or may, maybe for you, what, what you end up doing is you're like, I'm gonna follow this person because if I follow them, maybe they'll follow me back. And, and if I follow them, then maybe I'll get something in return. Or, or maybe you follow somebody or something because you really want to know what they have to say. Like, it's not just a random follow. It's not because you want something in return. It's like, I just really want to know what this person, this organization, I want to know what they have to say. So you follow them and, and you constantly find yourself on their feed. And, and then the more you're on their feed, the more the algorithm kicks in. So the more their feed keeps showing up in your life. And you might be that way with TikTok. And next thing you know, you're just, you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And it just is like hitting you to the point that you get a video like this. Hold on, you were scrolling for way too long now. Maybe you should get some food, get some water, and then come back later. Some of you have seen that video before. And what that means is you're getting stuck in TikTok. And you're so ingrained in it, TikTok is saying, hey, it's time to take a break. Go get some water, go get some food, do something, you know. I've heard that's the one they show you during the daytime, at nighttime. They say, it's time to get some sleeps and stuff like that. Like you get so ingrained that stuff like that comes. 
interesting. Have you ever gotten so ingrained in the way that you follow Jesus that somebody has actually had to look at you in the eye and say, hey, you might want to take a break. Hey, you've been studying his word too much. Hey, you you know a little too much about Jesus. Hey, the way you're, like chances are, that's probably not being said of most of us. And the reason it's not being said of most of us is because we're not really followers of Jesus. We're fans. You see what I'm getting at there? That, that, that it's almost like we hit the button like, oh yeah, I'll follow you because I, just everybody else is. So how about, I just, how about I just raise my hand? How about I just say, okay. Like, like I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll try what everybody else is trying. And you're more of a fan of Jesus than a follower. Or, or maybe it hits the point where, where you're just like, all right, Jesus, I got something really important coming up. So I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna say some prayers because I really need you to show up in my midst right now. And we'll follow Jesus that way. What would it look like? if we came to a better understanding of when, it, when Jesus says, follow me, he actually means leave everything behind and follow. To, to not simply be a fan, but to be one who says, Jesus, I'm all in. And that's what I would love to see in all of our lives. Because I believe when we become true followers of Jesus, everything in life changes. Everything in the community changes. Everything in the world changes. And we see that because if you go back to the early days of of the New Testament, if you go back to the days when Jesus was on earth, he called people to follow him. And when they surrendered all and followed him, everything changed. What would... What would it be like in our lives if if that's the way it was like for us? What would it be like if we followed the example of Matthew? Matthew's the guy we're going to study today. And as we study Matthew, you'll read about him in your quest book this week. Uh, You'll read about another story in your quest book this week. I'll tie into that one as well. But, But if we were to follow the example of Matthew, what we would see is a guy who left everything because he found the one who was truly worth following. What would it it be like today if you found the one who is truly worth following? See, you might be here and you might, might not have any faith in Jesus at all. And you're just like, well, I'm here, I showed up. Maybe today you'll find the one worth following. Maybe you're here today saying, I don't know what it means to follow Jesus. That's why I'm here. So I really want to investigate it because I want to know what it looks like. For some of us, we've been coming forever, but maybe we've been a fan of Jesus because I go to church, but it hasn't created any change in my life. What would it look like if today we said, I'm all in, I'm following you. I'm going to be like Matthew. Well, let's dig into Matthew's story so that we understand, all right? And we're gonna read Matthew's story actually from a book called the book of Mark. 
And what I mean by that is Mark was a guy, he was a follower of Jesus as well. He was a young guy when Jesus was alive, probably a teenager. And he would have either saw this happen or he would have experienced it through Peter who saw it happen and he would have wrote it down. Because when Mark wrote his biography, he primarily did it through his eyes and through the eyes and the experience of the apostle Peter, all right? So this, this is what Mark had to say about Matthew. He said, then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Matthew, right? Now, that'll also read Levi. Matthew had two names, Levi and Matthew. That as he walked along, he saw Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and he followed him. And what I want to do is, is I want to take just this one simple verse today. It's really the main thing we're going to deal with the whole day. And in this one simple verse, I want to, I want to pull three things out of it. The first thing I want you to see is that he was sitting at his tax collector's booth. Might, might not seem like much, but it gives us a lot of insight on who Matthew is. Probably more than anything, what it does is it defines Matthew. That Matthew's tax collector's booth is what defines him. Let me ask this, what in your life defines you? See, with Matthew, it wasn't his relationship with God. It wasn't his relationship with people. It was his occupation. It was where he was sitting. And his, his tax collector's booth was not only his defining situation wasn't just what defined him. It was also what separated him because, because of the fact that Matthew was a tax collector, nobody liked him. All right. Like I know here in, in modern day America, we're probably not real fond of tax collectors, right? All right. If you're a tax collector here, I'm glad you're with us. Okay. I don't want to say it that way, but let's just be honest, all right? Like, like we'd be like, ah, we don't like the IRS, but at least we would all admit that the benefit of our situation is we're paying taxes and we receive benefit from it. We, we have educators, we have firefighters, we have police officers, we have things of that nature. Back then, the, the Jews were paying taxes to the Romans to no benefit, See, the Romans had come in and taken over their land. And when they had taken over their land, they taxed the Jews. And the way they would collect those taxes is they would find a Jewish person. They would offer them a great job as a tax collector, meaning they could make a lot of money. But by saying yes to it, they were totally alienated from everybody else. See, the Jews hated Matthew because they were because he was collecting taxes on behalf of the Romans from the Jews. A great illustration of this is the Chosen series. Anybody here ever watch the Chosen series? Okay, so not very many of you. Let, let, me, let me encourage you. If you have time, it's on our app. You can go to our app and it'll send you on the link to their app. Go watch the Chosen series. Now, I don't typically recommend Christian films. And here's why. They're cheesy, right? <laughs> Like, like typically, they're just cheesy. The Chosen series is, is done very well. 
And it'll give you a visual image of so much of scripture and so much of the disciples. And you'll see how Matthew was hated. And he was hated because of his occupation. He was hated because of the thing that defined him. And what defined him kept him from Jews, kept him from religion, kept him from God, kept him from church. Again, what is it in your life that is defining you, that is keeping you from Jesus? We'll look back at the text and you'll see that Jesus fights through that. It says this, that Jesus went to him and said, follow me and be my disciple. That Jesus looked at the thing that was defining Matthew and said, I've got something better for you. I want you to leave that tax collector's booth and I want you to follow me. And I'll, I'll dig into that more in a second. But then we notice the last part. So Matthew got up and followed him. That Matthew left his tax collector's booth. That he got up from where it was. He got out from behind it and he said, Jesus, I'm in. What would make Matthew choose to follow Jesus? I mean, think about it for a second. I think oftentimes we miss it here. Like, what did Matthew see in Jesus? We don't know if he had been sitting at his tax collector's booth and hearing Jesus teach. Maybe. Maybe he'd been sitting in his tax collector's booth and he saw Jesus do some miracles. Maybe. We don't have any record of that. Something happened, though, that made Matthew get up and follow Jesus. Why? Because he saw in Jesus something worth following. That's it. It's that simple. That he saw in Jesus something of greater value than what he had. And remember, he had a lot. Now, he was alienated from the Jews, but he had a lot of other people who wanted to be around him because he was wealthy. He had all kinds of money. He had all kinds of other things, all right, that, that he was willing to look at his past life and look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you are of greater value. And he was willing to leave that part of his life. Again, what is it that is defining you that maybe you need to leave because it's keeping you separated from God? Is it, is it your money? Is it your greed? Is it your pride? Is it a career path? Is it, is it a bad relationship that is not of God? Like, like what is it that Jesus is calling you to get up from and to follow him because in Jesus, you see greater value? See, when we look at Jesus, what we should see is the one who is of the greatest value of all. And when we see Jesus for who he is, we should be willing to say, I'll give up anything that is not of God to be with Jesus because he is of great worth. And Jesus illustrated that for us and Matthew wrote it down. Jesus illustrated it, spoke it, and Matthew wrote it down in the biography that Matthew wrote about Jesus. This is what it says. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. 
that Jesus says, when you come to understand who he is and what his kingdom is about, you'll recognize that he is of great value and you'll be willing to give up everything you have to follow him. That's what Jesus asks of us. That Jesus isn't asking of us just to raise our hand and say, okay, Jesus, I'm in. That Jesus isn't asking us just to say a prayer every now and then. That Jesus isn't asking us just to, to hit the button and say, okay, I follow. No, Jesus is asking for everything in your life. It's not a simple ask. It's a hard one. So hard, the other disciples said, man, Jesus, what you ask is tough. It's tough. Because Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to love me more than you love your loved ones. He said, if you want to follow me, you got to love me more than you love your own life. You got to pick up your cross and deny yourself and follow me. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to give up everything you have. Luke recorded it this way, Luke 14, 33. He said, so you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. You cannot be my disciple. So why would we give up everything? Because in Jesus, we found the one who is worth following. And there's some of you in this crowd there's some of you online who you would say, I have found the one worth following and I'm doing it. Others of us though would say, I don't know if I wanna get out from behind my tax booth. But I wanna challenge you today to get out from behind whatever that tax booth is, whatever that defining thing is, whatever it is that is keeping you from fully following Jesus, to get out from behind it and to say, Jesus, you are of great worth, I'm following you. And as I follow you, I'm going to do everything I can to help others find you, the one who's worth following as well, which is what Matthew did. Matthew said, Jesus, I'm all in. And as he said, I'm all in, he said, Jesus, will, will you come to my house today? Will you come to my house? He said, yeah, I'll come. So, so Matthew did this. Let's look at it. It's on the screen. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners, meaning notorious sinners. People who were nothing like Jesus were hanging out with Jesus. I love this, how it says it here in the end. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Hold that thought for a second. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? See, the religious people, they said, Jesus shouldn't be around all these tax collectors and prostitutes and people who are sinners and people who are far from God. But Jesus said, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I've come to call the people that realize that they need me because they're sick and they need a doctor. And I'm just willing to admit it in front of you all. I'm sick and I need a doctor. I need a doctor. Because I can't get there on my own. I can't sit behind my tax collector's booth because that tax collector's booth will not get me to what really matters. 
but Jesus can. So Jesus sat with all those people who were nothing like him and said, will you follow? And a bunch of them must have, because if you notice, it said there in the scripture that there were many people like this who were followers of Jesus. That Matthew said, man, I found the one worth following and I wanna help others follow him as well. What would it look like if we did that? What would it look like as a, as a tribe, as a church? What would it look like as a church that has four campuses? I, I make sure we realize that. Four campuses right here in Horry County between Conway, Ainer, Coastal, and South Strand, which is launching up in the fall, okay? Our South Strand campus pastor is actually in the crowd right now, all right? Sorry, Kevin, wasn't on the script, but I'm just going ahead and admitting it. It's his first day in the building, okay? But... What would it look like? What would it look like if we all said, man, I haven't just found the one worth following, but I'm willing to help others find him as well. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to be like the four guys who had a friend who was lame and on a mat, and they said, we've got to get him to Jesus. So they picked up the corners of the mat. They carried him to the house where Jesus was. They couldn't get in, so they went up on the roof. They ripped the roof open and lowered him down. And I love how scripture reports it. It says, Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. And then looked at the man and said, your sins are forgiven. Think about this. Your faith could potentially save somebody else's life. That's what happens when we follow Jesus to a fullest extent. And I know so many times they're like, yeah, but you don't understand, Josh. My friends are so far away from God. They're so far away from church. Matthew's friends were so far away from church. All right, that you might have friends that are so far away from church, but just because somebody is far away from church doesn't mean they're far away from faith. In a minute, everything can change. That's what happened in Matthew's life. In a minute, everything changed. It's what happened in the lame man's life. In the minute in front of Jesus, everything changed. It's what happened in Timmy and Shelby's life. In a minute, everything changed. If you don't know Timmy, Timmy is our executive pastor. And Timmy has felt the call to uh, leave America and go to the Dominican Republic and to be a full-time missionary on a foreign field. Okay? So, yeah. So, incredible. And this is something that back in 2016, God got a hold of Timmy's heart. And then over time, him and Shelby started praying about it, and now they're heading to work with our largest mission partner up, uh, that the church supports, all right? So here's what I want to do. I want to I show you their story, and then I want to come up, and I want to apply their story into our lives, and I want to I wrap this up, all right? So check out their story. Hey, Rock Church, we are so excited just to take a few minutes just to share about what God's been doing in our lives and in our family's lives. Um, many of you probably have already heard that uh, we have accepted a calling uh, to join Go Ministries uh, and, their, and their church planning down in the Dominican. I've um, accepted the role as director of church planning. And just what that means is it's a lot of what I'm already doing here at The Rock. Operations, finances, systems, and just 
looking at how do we continue to help push the vision. And, and the vision of church planning is to plant a thousand churches in 10 years. And, Man, the journey started with Go Ministries all the way back in 2016 when I went on my first mission trip with the Rock Church. And, you know, I had been on uh, mission trips uh, in, the, in North America and in Europe and some down in South America. And just, uh, I was excited to, just to go on another international mission trip. And so, continued our partnership there and and Shelby actually had gotten the opportunity to go with me in November but what was crazy in 2016 I came home and I and I looked at her and I was like this is where I feel like God's calling us and uh, and I came home and she was like heck no <laughs> and so just over the years I've continued to partnership and you know we went down in November and you actually had some conversations while you're down there about what does it look like and uh, where maybe where God was yeah. calling yeah, I'd actually spoke with um, Lynn, one of our missionary partners, and um, at her as a medical professional, we sat down together and Timmy had taken full advantage of Siesta, and we were just kind of having a chat and um, just asking what it would be like for us to be a missionary family with special needs kids on the mission field. And um, she gave us lots of reasons why she would love for us to be there and gave us a lot of reasons for why um, it would be very difficult and why a lot of families have to go back to the states um, to receive those therapies and care. Um, so we just kind of used that uh, or took that as God closing that door for us and um, we were already involved with foster care and adoption and ministry and just didn't feel like that was the time um, for us to be able to go overseas. Yeah, so we just continued to pray and continue to examine uh, a lot of what I've stood up in front of you guys and said, you know, examine what is your kingdom calling? What is your kingdom generosity? And those are things that we were doing as well. You know, in the, in the last several years, we've been able to give more than we ever have been able to in, in our lives. And uh, we examined what our kingdom calling was and had the opportunity um just to continue the partnership but we heard of this opportunity to become the director of church planning and you know we spent time of praying we spent time of just seeking god and and it's without a shadow of a doubt that we can get up and say that it is the lord's calling on our on our family um, and so we're we know it's not going to be easy but we know we're supported and that's we're supported because the people like you here at the rock we're so thankful for what The Rock is doing and coming behind us and giving financially and supporting us financially in a major, major way. And we're so thankful for that. Uh, many people have asked us, how can we give? Give to The Rock. Because giving to The Rock supports us and supports what the local church is doing. And it's designed, and it's how God designed the, the finance of the church to work. And we're thankful for that. And we're thankful for many of you that have examined that in your own lives, examining what is your kingdom generosity and what is your kingdom calling look like. And lastly, many people have come up to us and said, guys, I could never do that. And you're right, because I could never do what you're doing. Many of you are serving in ways that, that I don't have the physical ability, the talents to do, but it's not what God's called me to do. And so anything that we want to challenge people with is continue to examine what is your kingdom generosity and what is your kingdom calling look like? Because God has something more for you. Just as he has for us, God has something more for you, more than you can even imagine or fathom. 
Um, and so continue to examine that in your own life. And we're excited that we'll continue to be a part of the Rock family and we'll be around. And we're excited for you for you guys and what the ministry is going to continue to take place there. But we're excited for where God's calling us. And thank you guys so much for your help, your support, and your prayers. Yeah. You know, Timmy is a very, very close personal friend. And um, you know, there's a lot of sadness, but there's also a lot of excitement, you know. And what it is, it's, it's Timmy and Shelby living out their kingdom call. You know, some of you were around, many of you were around a couple years ago when we were doing our Made for More initiative. And as part of our Made for More initiative is we encourage people to ride on a napkin what your dream was, what you felt like God was calling you to do. And like I said, some of you remember doing this, and, and um, I have many of those napkins, especially the ones the staff did. And uh, Timmy didn't know that I still had his napkin. But you know the interesting thing it says on Timmy's napkin? Your dream here, plant 10 churches in 10 years. That's his dream. But if you remember, we... We said that we're going to give our dreams to the Lord because we believe, Ephesians 3.20, that God can do far more than we ever expect or imagine, than we ever dream or imagine, than we expect or we could think. So Timmy had a dream of planting 10 churches in 10 years, and God said, oh, I see that. How about I move you to a, a way that you do 1,000 churches in 10 years? That, that, that's what he's moved on to do. That God can do far more than we ever ask or imagine. That Matthew got up from a tax collector's booth and God did far more than he could ever ask or imagine. So what does that mean for us? Well, let's talk practically for a second. As a church, we're gonna send Timmy and Shelby and their family. That, that we sat down as elders and we made a decision that Go Ministries is already our largest global mission partner. Uh, we, we send mission trips there every year, right? But we decided that Timmy is a guy that we love, he's a guy we trust, and he's a guy that, that we, in essence, wanna keep on staff, all right? Now he's gonna go work for Go, but he's gonna serve as our missions pastor. So we are going to fully fund their family from a salary standpoint, that, that nothing's gonna change, that, that he's gonna be able to financially take care of his family knowing that the church is taking care of him, okay? Now for that, yeah, so I'm proud of that. But it also means as a church, then we need to do it. Because here's what we've actually done in, in just the last two weeks by making that decision is we've added $100,000 to our missions budget. Part of that is for the Tyner family. The other part is we have another staff member who is doing the same thing. And we are sending her as well. And we felt like this is something we can do. That we can make a difference. And we want to partner with them, one, because we believe in them. But secondly, because we believe in what Go Ministries is doing. So I'm going to ask as a church that in the month of June, we take care of that $100,000. All right, now what that means is that we go ahead and continue to give the way we continually give. But in the month of June, I wanna see us that we bring in $100,000 over our monthly need. And I honestly don't think that'll be difficult if we all come together. 
That, that if we all come together, that's well over 2,000 people coming together saying, let me participate. Let me come alongside of God this way. Let me do something because of the way I'm following God and I want others to find him and follow him as well. So for some of you, that might mean I'm gonna start giving to God through the rock. That, that maybe you've been coming for a while or maybe you're brand new and you've never given to God through the rock. Maybe today's the day that you say, you know what? I'm getting on the app and I'm gonna start giving. And maybe for you, you, you regularly give. Maybe it's increasing that giving. And for some of you, you have the ability to give a large gift that, that you've got some assets sitting around. You're like, you know what? I want this to go to the mission field. I want people to find the one that matters. I'm all in and you can give a large gift. For some of you, you might go, I can't give a large gift, but I have this, this little thing sitting around and I, I can give that. If we all come together, we can do this. We can do it. Why though? Because one, it's part of following Jesus that we sacrifice. Matthew got up and he left everything. When he got up from that tax collector's booth, there was no turning back. Peter, James, and John, they were fishermen. They could go back to fishing when they followed Jesus. Matthew, when he got up, there was no turning back. He said, I'm all in. It's part of following Jesus so that others can find the one worth following. So I wanna challenge you to do that. Maybe that's how you're gonna do that today. Maybe that's how you're gonna say, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm not a fan, I'm a follower. Maybe for you, you're going, okay, maybe I can do some of that from a giving side, but I also wanna do more from a serving side. And it might not be going to the Dominican. Like Timmy said, that's not for everybody. But for you, maybe it's going, you know what? I can go rock a baby so that they can find and follow Jesus. I can greet somebody at the door. I can serve somebody some coffee. I can hang out in the parking lot. I can use my gifts and abilities. Then what you need to do today is as soon as church is over, go to walkthrough. And to do that, all you gotta do is step to the connect corner, go to the connect corner and say, I wanna go to walkthrough, I wanna get involved. Or maybe for you, Maybe for you, what it is for you is that you've never said, I'm in. And maybe today it's recognizing whatever that tax booth is, getting up from it and walking towards Jesus, fully surrendered, not as a fan, but as a follower. And you might need to pray with somebody about that. We have people at our connect corner. We'll have people in the prayer corner. We'd love to pray with you about that. Maybe it's time to take a step of baptism. We'd love to help you. What is defining you that's keeping you from Jesus? Today's the day to leave it and follow the one worth following. Won't you stand with me? Let's go before Jesus and let's follow him.